what the U.S. government is doing now to the people from January 6th, most of whom were completely nonviolent, is if we have any spirit, if we're anything like as worthy as the Irish in 1916 and the colonials in 1776, this, the, the response, the cruel, savage, fascist response to January 6th, ought to be the center and the focus of the conservative patriotic political movement in America today. And the new litmus test for conservative politicians should be, what did you do about the vaccine? What did you say? What are you saying about January 6th? This country now needs to be freed. It no longer is free. It is subject to something, to, to a t- political strategy that is called a narco-tyranny. That means anarchy for me, tyranny for thee. And we saw it. The George Floyd riots. Okay, first of all, what happened with the George Floyd thing? Police seemingly used excessive force and somebody died. Those police were immediately removed from the force, put on trial, convicted, and sentenced to prison. In other words, the system worked. What the hell were the riots about? It's not as if Derek Chauvin and his confreres had gone on to become chief of police. They went to prison. The justice system worked. So what were the riots about? They were a ploy for power, for power in the streets, for the power to beat up your political opponents, to do something. In Seattle, they, they, they set up a little independent communist republic there. The power to let your, your, your constituents loot stores and take stuff out of the window, the power to terrorize your political opponents. And then the few, when a few people tried to fight back and defend themselves and their property and their neighbors, like Kyle Rittenhouse and Jake Gardner, they were crushed by a fascist state. The tyranny kicked in. So our street thugs can run riot, if he, and they will not be prosecuted. Virtually none of them were prosecuted. Uh, there was like two people who threw firebombs at cops. Their sentence is less, much less, less than half that of Nicholas Oakes, who did, made selfie videos at the Capitol. So our thugs can do whatever they want. If you defend yourself against our thugs, we will use the full force of the state to try to put you in prison or drive you to suicide like Jake Gardner, God rest his soul. This is precisely, Eric, what the Nazis did to take power in the 30s. They had their street thugs, the brown shirts, the SA, beating people up over politics. If those people fought back, like the Social Democrats or the Catholics or the Communists, if they fought back, everyone would be arrested. They would let the, 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 the pro-Nazi judges would let the Nazis go and prosecute the communists and the socialists and the Catholics who had defended themselves against the Nazis. And this is how the Nazis took power in Germany. And it is what the Democrats are doing in the United States today. And we should simply call them what they are, neo-Nazis. Folks, welcome to the show. I apologize. This is the show. That's it. This is the best we could do on short notice. Uh, you were winging it. 
Um, I, uh, I have a special treat for you in just a moment. Uh, I refer to him as my friend, John Zmirak. You may have other terms. I don't care. He's my friend. And his name is John Zmirak. He is uh, a weekly guest on this program. Uh, unless there's some cataclysm in the world, uh, uh, he comes on this program every week. Uh, and he'll be on any second. But before we bring him on for the full hour, I want to remind folks, which is to say I want to remind you, we have just a few days left in our campaign to free slaves in the Sudan. There is nothing more deadly serious than the idea that there is actual slavery on planet Earth today. It was not abolished uh, by Lincoln. It was only abolished here in this country uh, at the cost of hundreds of thousands of uh, lives. But around the world, there are philosophies and religions like radical Islam that they have no problem with the concept of slavery. Not only are they not debating whether it ought to be abolished, they think it is mandated and they have enslaved Christians usually. Uh, this is real. And we are so uh, insulated from much of the evil in this world that we act as though maybe it's not even happening anymore. Well, it is happening. And you have the ability uh, through this program uh, and through the goodness of your own heart to help free slaves. So CSI, Christian Solidarity International, they're as good as it gets. They have boots on the ground in places that you will probably never go. They have relationships with people, so they know how to do this. What they don't have is the money to pull it off. That's where we come in. Uh, for every $250 given uh, to CSI, and you can go to metaxastalk.com and you'll see the banner, for every $250 that is given, a human being can be taken not only out of slavery, but set up in a life of freedom. That's in some ways the trickier part and requires most of that money uh, to help them function after they have been relieved of the nightmare of living in actual slavery. So whatever you give uh, goes to this. If you can give $250, that uh, genuinely uh, enables them to free one person and set them up in a life of freedom. Some of you can give more. And I want to say to you, if you're interested in giving more, um, uh, we would be very grateful to, to any of you who are uh, able to do this. Uh, I want to be clear this is a wonderful organization. We trust them. It's why we work with them. And we want to do everything possible uh, to make this the best success. So that's up to you. You have to go to metaxastalk.com. We'll get the phone number for you later in the hour. But I just want to say today, if you haven't done it, please go to metaxastalk.com. Uh, it's a glorious thing. Okay. And now I get to talk to John Zmirak. John, welcome. Thanks, Eric. You know, <clears throat> I'm recovering fr from uh, Cordoba, Vegas. The uh, Joe Biden—that's that, Joe Biden's name for coronavirus. No, I, I always get it confused with Legionnaire's disease and swine flu. Yeah, but this is this is not either of those. It's not, and it's also not as festive as monkeypox. It doesn't involve the Pet Shop Boys blaring in the background, for instance. 
which I'm convinced may be what actually causes monkeypox. It's just the music. Are you saying the CCP used the Pet Shop Boys? Because I think I wouldn't use them. them. They used them and they threw them away. And it was so callous and so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, so. You, I know you have been ill. Um, thanks for coming on. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better thanks to the uh, ivermectin I got from a feed store. <laughs> it has a bottle of a pi- picture of a pig on the bottle. John, you know what? I've not talked to you. I don't think about this. I don't. I don't think I've talked to you about this. But when we're talking about this COVID thing um, and the vaccines, which you and I have refused to get for many reasons, even if you didn't know anything if you're living life in america today is it just me or are we constantly hearing about otherwise healthy young people dropping dead suddenly Mm -hmm. it's the most insane thing and i don't know if these people have had the vaccine or three vaccines and five boosters i don't know but my first question is always i wonder if they had the vaccine Here's how to know whether they were vaccinated. If they were unvaccinated, that would be in the headline. You know what? That's brilliant. That's like solving for X. That's algebra. You just you just said it. Uh, if they were not vaccinated, it'd be in the headline like, oh, they should have gotten vaccinated. But it never is. So my, my guess is that most of these people uh, were vaccinated. Uh, the guy who who did not die... But the healthy Buffalo Bills, I mean, you don't get healthier, ladies and gentlemen, than being a player in the National Football League. These guys are as young and healthy as any human could ever hope to be. He drops dead, almost cardiac arrest on the field. Now, the good news is he didn't die. Uh, The bad news is that he probably had to be vaccinated just to play. That's my guess. The other good news is Tons of people surrounded him and prayed. And I thought, boy, oh, boy, we could use some more of this in public life. Uh, uh, Pictures of people praying as though there's a real God and they believe in him. And as far as I'm concerned, the reason this young man's life was spared is because of the unbelievably innumerable prayers, like so many, so many prayers. But I just have to say, John, it seems like every day I read a new report somebody died and you go what 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 do you, what do you mean they were somebody, only 50 years a, old there's a savagely funny video circulating on twitter um i you guess you have to search for it i no longer have a twitter account of course because i talked about things like problems with the vaccine uh it's called uh, dying of coincidence and it's and it's a, a satire of like a like a, a medical a medical information video it's like people die of coincidence every day Healthy adults are dropping dead of coincidence all around the world. Yeah. And it's a coincidence. And we're here to help you but, understand the but power don't you of think? But don't you think that most people, again, mo- most people think these things quietly. Maybe they mention to a friend or a family member. But, but if they've been forced to take the dead baby vax by their employer or their church, they might try not to think about it. They might try very hard not to think about it. It's called cognitive dissonance. It's a mental protect. It's a it's a self defense mechanism. If you had been, if I had been forced on the you know on the alternative of like starving in the street to take the dead baby vaccine through no no fault of my own, I would regret it morally. I would not want to believe 
that it was a possibly a ticket. John, they're only mentioning the famous people who dropped yeah. dead. Yeah. They're only mentioning them. Uh, the guy down the street who drops dead, he'll, he'll never make the news. I have, you know, anecdotal information from friends uh, who don't even know where I stand on this issue. And I'm just kind of thinking, when is there going to be a reckoning? Because it, this is getting very weird, very weird that almost uh, every week a very prominent name or something is, is coming. I just want – I have to say that. I think um, a lot of people are thinking this. It's coming out more and more and more. You can't help – I mean, listen, when somebody's really famous, the news can't help but cover the fact that they just dropped dead. Um, but I, I know people that are not famous that were otherwise totally healthy, got the vaccine, and just boop, heart condition. Just, just, it, it, it's it, anyway. It's it's weird, and I just wanted to mention that because we haven't mentioned it. I think a lot of people are thinking this. The fact I, that 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 the the vaccine also causes miscarriages, even but they were still pressing it on pregnant women. I mean, I, I get emails from people who are real hardcore conspiracy theorists, and they they think the vaccine was intended to depopulate the planet. Actually, that's that. Okay, when I'm we come back, we'll continue time. the conversation. Forgive me, we're going to go to a break. We've got loads more with John Smirak. Don't go away. Our annual mission to free slaves in Sudan, along with our partner Christian Solidarity International, is making great progress. We're almost to our goal of giving freedom to more than 650 captives. If you've given, thank you. If you haven't yet done so, would you please give a generous gift right now by going to metaxastalk.com. For only $250, you can open the door to a new life of freedom for a believer who has lived in slavery for most of their life. Not only do you secure their freedom, you also provide them with much-needed food, a goat, and other goods necessary for their survival and the beginning of a new life. We're down to the final days of this campaign, so please give your best gift now. Call 800-sorry, 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522, Christian Solidarity International, providing life-saving resources for persecuted Christians for almost 40 years, 888-253-3522, or metaxastalk.com. Click on the Christian Solidarity banner at the top of the page. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed two foot. Folks, I'm talking to John Smirak. Uh, John, you were just uh, making a point. Please continue. Yeah, I'm having a harder time totally dismissing the people who send me fevered emails about the uh, vaccine being a bioweapon whose main intent was to reduce the global population. I, I personally think it's a result of carelessness. Um, and I think they pressed the vaccine on us as a test to see if they could impose a, a biological public health dictatorship that allowed them to override the Constitution and rape us of our rights. I think the point was the coercion and that they 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 jumped on coronavirus the way a dog jumps on your leg. Uh, they just they were so excited by the opportunity to force something onto people. Uh, liberals who claimed to believe in Roe v. Wade, that privacy rights allow a woman to abort a nine-month fetus, uh, also wanted the wait hostess at TGI Fridays to be able to demand to see your vaccine card. Uh, riddle me that one, Batman. 
the, the, the whole point of it was the coercion. Uh, you Now, look, I want to uh, just to give you a tiny bit of pushback. This is my cliche of the month pushback. Um, but let me say that I assume you've not read in depth what Naomi Wolf has written about this, because the brilliant Naomi Wolf makes the case that if you read what uh, Pfizer and I think another company were forced to reveal that if you really get into those weeds, uh, it looks dramatically like they were uh, trying to ca- trying to cause harms. Whoever was behind this was trying to. Con- so I I guess I wish maybe you might look at her stuff and tell us what you think about it, because that when she said that on this program a couple of times, I thought that's really heavy. It's one thing to say what you just said, which is horrible enough. But to think that there were people um, because you look, you know, and I know that the Davos people, they've been on the record for decades talking about wanting to reduce the surplus population, just like Scrooge. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Bill Gates and uh, George Soros and Klaus Schwab have all been talking about the need to, to call the herd to, to uh, diminish the number of useless eaters like us who simply buy their products and made them rich. Um, I, I tend, it's, it, it's my gut instinct to attribute most things to squalid incompetence rather than brilliant labyrinthine conspiracy. But sometimes it is a brilliant labyrinthine. But, but, but I think it's, it's also both, frankly. In other words, I think that if you are trying to pull some of the stuff off, part of what you're banking on uh, is malfeasance and greed and incompetence. You're going to work with that. You know that that's baked into the system. If if you can dangle enough money uh, in front of big pharma, th- they are just just s- s- slavering to get. I mean, can you imagine? We've not really talked about this on the program, but can you imagine how they were drooling when they understood what was at stake? A global yeah. pandemic. They're being told, listen, we want you to rush into production a vaccine ASAP. We money, are not going to look too closely at the protocols. Money Go for no, it. Money is, no ob- money is no object, and you are not liable for any medical impact. Now, those of us who have defended and supported Donald Trump in the past, we have to acknowledge he let this happen. He did not protect I, us. From I this. have acknowledged it, yeah. and you're exactly correct. You're Ron, no, 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 no. You're 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 exactly correct. The, the only difference between Trump and these folks is that no, no. I, I think he was duped. In other words, I think that he was yeah, part you know who, of right. But Ron DeSantis was not duped. Ron DeSantis never let his state be shut down after the two weeks that Trump forced on him. He never allowed vaccine mandates. So the people who are gung-ho populists like me who who are tempted to, to rally to Trump need to re- remember it DeSantis actually protected his people against this you're, you're talking virus. about two different things though I'm talking about the development of the vaccine that's one thing uh, obviously DeSantis I mean, had nothing mandates. to do with that no but the mandates uh, DeSantis was never on board with the mandates and was vocally against them at a time when Trump didn't say anything and he still brags about developing the damn vaccine but he de- but he has been against mandates I just want to be clear because it was it took him a long time yes it did 
It took yes, him it a did. damn long time. He had to follow his base, whereas Ron DeSantis was out there in yeah. front. No, no, that, that, that's the credit for it. That, Ron DeSantis. That, no, DeSantis, no argument. No argument there. DeSantis and Ron DeSantis has been leading on social issues, even as Donald Trump recently blamed the midterm loss for Republicans uh, on the on the abortion. I'm glad you brought part. that up because you are wrong. And yeah. I never get a chance. I never get a chance to be slightly right and to have you slightly wrong. Um, OK, here's what happened. It was not that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about the fact some people it was Lindsey Graham right before the midterms. OK, it was the rhino Lindsey Graham who put forth this insane uh, uh, abortion legislation. We would all agree with the legislation, but you'd say you certainly right. aren't going to put it a couple of weeks before the midterms. He forced it through. Some people believe Lindsey Graham did it oh, on I thought, purpose. I knowing. thought that. I, I assume that that's why Lindsey Graham was doing it in order to tank the midterms. But uh, I, I just I don't believe I, I don't think you should ever say anything that suggests that being firm on the abortion issue is unwise. Because okay, correct. It's immoral it, and it's a sign of weakness. The left never backs down from their craziest stuff, and it works. It's but a we know, but John, but we know. We know that Trump says everything that he shouldn't say. That's not the point. My point is that he, he was he was not blaming abortion. He was blaming. In other words, it was that specific issue that a politician would say, we're not going to bring that out, you know, days before a midterm election. And, what was foolish, and so he impol he 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 foolishly put it the way he put it. But it was about the timing. And it comes from Lindsey Graham. This is not coming from a hero. Yeah. No, when I saw pro-life groups getting on board with Lindsey Graham trying to impose a national abortion re re regulation just before midterm election, I, I, I immediately thought, you know, there someone told him to do this in order to lose the midterms for us. It's 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 so unbelievable. But, okay. but people on but we on our side should never be backing down on fundamental points of principle. Uh, it's just putting blood in the water, and it just attracts the sharks. Well, I agree with that, of course. Speaking of fundamental points of principle, I have a new piece out at, uh, coming that just went up at stream.org that I'd love to talk about when we have time. Are we coming up on a break? We've got nothing up? but time, my friend. You're it. All right. Yeah. Well, the, my title is The Winsome Bridge Building. Will January 6th be the new July 4th for our descendants? Will January 6th be the, the new, new July 4th July. for our descendants? You know, John, that's a great way of framing it. You've got an amazing talent, a gift for framing things, because that is um, that is a question a lot of people are asking, maybe not in the way that you just put it. But the more evidence that comes out, the more it does seem yeah. now, that. Uh, so, OK, so I this want to piece, make a historical case in detail. Is this your interview or is this a separate piece? This is a separate piece. I, I, I also have a piece, uh, an interview with Nicholas Oaks, who was the Republican nominee for Congress from Hawaii in 2020 and then was on, July, on January 6th, 2021, was filming protesters inside the U.S. Capitol and is now going to prison for four years. In fact, 
He just reported to prison this week. I did the, his last interview before he goes to four years of federal prison for filming people in the U.S. Capitol. Because, is there you know, anyone in Congress or in the Senate that is talking about this kind of abuse of power? Like three people, Paul Gozer, uh, Lauren Boebert, and Matt Gates. I don't know if Marjorie Taylor Greene is still talking about the January 6th people. I hope so. Um, but uh, not nearly enough. So here is the historical comparison I want to make. And I, I want to make sure that we're not coming up on a break before. Well, yeah, we've got 30 seconds uh, before well, we come up on a break. What, it's important to think in longer term. What does this do, not just three minutes or three news cycles, but three years and 30 years down the road? What impact will this have? What will we let the enemies of freedom get away with? And I'll unpack the historical okay. comparisons in a moment. Okay, as we go to the break, folks, I want to remind you, please go to metaxastalk.com. This is your last chance to give to CSI. There are many of you who want to do it. You got to do it. We've got only a couple of days left here. Go to metaxastalk.com. Click on the CSI banner. Albin will provide the, uh, the, the phone number when we come back. And we'll be plenty more with John Zmirak. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code ERIC. That's patriotmobile.com slash ERIC or call 972-PATRIOT. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question just the other night. I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients, yes, 100% drug-free ingredients, and each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic pathway. That's the point. So approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Folks, talking to John Zmirak. Uh, John, you have a couple of articles at the stream, stream.org. You have an interview with Nicholas uh, uh, Ox. 
Oaks. Uh, Oaks, who went to prison this week. I can't believe this for doing nothing on January 6th. It is so evil and so sick. Um, and then you're making the case that January 6th, we will look back on it uh, as we do July 4th. Uh, go ahead, make that case. Sure. Well, we're, let's step back from January 6th, 2021. Do you know what happened on December 16th, 1773, Eric? Um, A small it, group of radical patriots violated the law in a major way. Was this the Boston Massacre? Boston Tea Party. I'm sorry, the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, the Boston Tea Party. They saw that the the British Parliament was was turning the U.S. over to the British East India Company. The the, the thing about the Tea Party, the, the Boston Tea Party, was that the tea supplied which was a major, major thing. It's like turning over the coffee and cigarette supply today. Uh, They were turning over to the British East India Company, which was gobbling up India, this historic empire, and turning it into a British colony. The American patriots were actually, they were following what was going on in India. And they saw these historic nations being gobbled up by this for-profit corporation, the British East India Company. So, when the reason they were so upset about the tea was not just that it was taxed by the British government, but that it was giving power to this tyrannical, uh, corrupt company, the British East India Company, I, which would go on to to ruin India. Okay, and I want to say that uh, I only learned about this when I wrote my book on William Wilberforce, Amazing Grace. It is it is extraordinary how much power they had how profoundly uh, greedy and anti-Christian they yeah. were in what they did in raping and pillaging uh, India with the blessing of the British government. But there were voices like Wilberforce's uh, who were speaking out against them. I did not know that the American patriots at that time yeah. were aware of that part of the dynamic. Thank you for adding yeah, that. They were. And it was Edmund Burke, who supported the, the demands of the American patriots, was also one of the great critics of the British East India Company. Um, so December 16, 1773, these patriots threw millions of dollars in current money, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in current money, into the, into the Boston Harbor to fight against British tyranny. They were condemned by the Lindsey Grahams and the Sean Hannity's of their day. They were they were damned as being lawbreakers who did not respect private property rights, who did not respect the rule of law. They were condemned as radicals. But what was the outcome? The crack the British cracked down savagely. They passed a series of acts punishing the colony of Massachusetts that were called the intolerable acts over here in America. And within two years, the Continental Congress had formed. And within three years, we had declared independence from Great Britain. So those radicals who were thrown under the bus by the squishy rhinos of their day, those radicals were the people responsible for for American independence. That's, That's an amazing parallel. I've certainly not heard that. But it is interesting to think that, listen, reasonable people could disagree about 
the uh, the Boston Tea Party. It was it was kind of complicated, and and I think that um, what I, I mean, I guess my my real point is what's most interesting to me is the reaction of the British to to use this as a pretext to so crush uh, the the colonials in in Massachusetts that it backfired dramatically bingo and then, now let me go to the, on to the next one on april 24th 1916 a small group of radicals in dublin committed treason they used weapons that the kaiser had sent them to try to rebel against the british overlords and create a, an independent ireland they were condemned and denounced by their own people by moderates and and you know prudent conservatives the Catholics and Protestants alike condemned these rebels who tried to announce an independent Irish Republic at the height of World War I. The British arrested them and marched them through the streets. The Irish people, the Catholics of, of Dublin, were throwing rotten vegetables and spitting at the people who had started the Easter Rebellion. Then the British savagely cracked down on the Irish people and they had these men, some of them were wounded, and they put them up against the wall and they shot them all. And that mass execution of these Irish rebels turned the Irish people against the British. And over almost overnight, the Irish people demand, rallied and began a civil war. And by 1922, Ireland was independent because of the savage crackdown by the British government. What the U.S. government is doing now to the people from January 6th, most of whom were completely nonviolent, is if we have any spirit, if we're anything like as worthy as the Irish in 1916 and the colonials in 1776, this, the, the response, the cruel, savage, fascist response to January 6th, ought to be the center and the focus of the conservative patriotic political movement in America today. And the new litmus test for conservative politicians should be, what did you do about the vaccine? What did you say? What are you saying about January 6th? Fantastic. Thank you, John. Much more with John Smirak. Don't go away. Zamirak, this is the Eric Metaxas show. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, if you're not new to the show, I'm taking you for granted. Okay, John, you've just made what seems to me like an extraordinary parallel. You write about it at stream.org. I think it's already happening. In other words, I think that every day that passes, more people are waking up as a result of the grotesque overreach of the quote-unquote federal government. The, the way that they have cracked down on anyone involved with January 6th and, and the way they continue uh, to exploit this lie, this fake narrative that there was an insurrection. I mean, what what nonsense, ladies and gentlemen, it is at least nonsensical. Uh, it is probably sheer evil, but it's at least nonsensical that there was an armed rebellion. It's just garbage. But they continue to push this narrative. They continue to demonize anyone involved. And now, um, in addition to having uh, imprisoned people without trial, it's just so evil. They now just sentenced uh, 
this uh, young man, Nicholas uh, Oakes, uh, uh, to prison for four years for nothing, for nothing. And I do believe that the backlash from this, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, the folks who are in prison right now, when they get out, they're going to get activated. They're going to, they're going to, yeah. The next Republican president needs to first pardon the January 6th dissidents and then endorse them as candidates for Congress. I want to see a Republican Congress who's the majority of January 6th people. That is what we need in America. People who have firsthand experienced the jackboot of our elites and our new public health dictatorship on their faces, who still have the tread marks of the jackboots on their faces, the way the Irish rebels who had survived the crackdown in 1916 and the American patriots who survived the crackdown in 1773 went on to lead their new free countries. This country now needs to be freed. It no longer is free. It is subject to something, to to a political strategy that is called anarcho-tyranny. That means anarchy for me, tyranny for thee. And we saw it, the George Floyd riots. Okay, first of all, what happened with the George Floyd thing? Police seemingly used excessive force and somebody died. Those police were immediately removed from the force, put on trial, convicted, and sentenced to prison. In other words, the system worked. What the hell were the riots about? It's not as if Derek Chauvin and his confreres had gone on to become chief of police. They went to prison. The justice system worked. So what were the riots about? They were a ploy for power, for power in the streets, for the power to beat up your political opponents, to do something. In Seattle, they, they, they set up a little independent communist republic there. The power to let your, your, your constituents loot stores and take stuff out of the window. The power to terrorize your political opponents. And then the few, when a few people tried to fight back and defend themselves and their property and their neighbors, like Kyle Rittenhouse and Jake Gardner, they were crushed by a fascist state. The tyranny kicked in. So our street thugs can run riot, if he, and they will not be prosecuted. Virtually none of them were prosecuted. Uh, there was like two people who threw firebombs at cops. Their sentence is less, much less, less than half that of Nicholas Oakes, who did, made selfie videos at the Capitol. So our thugs can do whatever they want. If you defend yourself against our thugs, we will use the full force of the state to try to put you in prison or drive you to suicide like Jake Gardner, God rest his soul. This is precisely, Eric, what the Nazis did to take power in the 30s. They had their street thugs, the brown shirts, the SA, beating people up over politics. If those people fought back, like the Social Democrats or the Catholics or the communists, if they fought back, everyone would be arrested. They would let the the, the pro-Nazi judges would let the Nazis go 
and prosecute the communists and the socialists and the Catholics who had defended themselves against the Nazis. And this is how the Nazis took power in Germany. And it is what the Democrats are doing in the United States today. And we should simply call them what they are, neo-Nazis. Well, um, you're not going to find any disagreement from me. Everything you say is correct. Uh, the question, I think, ultimately is what what are we, uh, what are our representatives going to do about this? What are they doing about this? Because this is fundamentally unacceptable in the United States of America. What, what do you think is being done and what can be done? Uh, we have to press, we have to make it a condition for, for any Republican candidate who's running for president. <laughs> if they want the nomination, they have to pardon the January 6th defendants. We Do you think to... I've never heard DeSantis um, talk about this? I'm not aware of where he is on this. No, no, that's my my. I haven't either. We we have to make we have to start the groundswell here. We have to say if you are going to go along with a narco tyranny, if you're going to basically agree with George W. Bush, who equated the January 6th protesters with the 9/11 hijackers. If you're going to go along with that kind of demonization of our people, you are not on our side. You are our enemy. Every bit as much as Michelle Obama or Kamala Harris, you are our enemy. You have to pick sides. You're either with the, the right of Americans to do a peaceful demonstration about election fraud and not be beaten up and killed by the police and put in solitary confinement and put in conditions so bad, you know that there are a group of January 6th dissidents who have requested to be transferred to Guantanamo Bay because they want the kind of humane treatment that ISIS rapists and murderers are currently enjoying at the hands of the United States because it's better than how January 6th dissidents are being treated. We've got lots more uh, coming with John Zmirak. I want to remind you, here's the phone number to call CSI. You've got to do this today, folks. We just we have no time left. This is the end of the campaign. The number is 888-253-3522, 888 253-3522. Please be generous. 888-253-3522. Southern man better keep your talking to John Zmirak. John Zmirak, you're talking and I'm talking to you. And we're talking about some things that are so unthinkable in some ways, unthinkable in some ways, at least they would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. The, the idea that all of the awful stuff, which many of us have been tracking has kind of bloomed and that we can see it now uh, that we have uh uh, elitist globalists who do not believe in the American founders' vision. Uh, they they effectively spit on the Constitution. They uh, have gotten away with running things. They're persecuting those uh, who would dare to disagree with them. Uh, so we are we're at an existential crisis in the United States of America, and it centers uh, to some extent mostly around what you've been talking about. Will we let the Democrats steal elections and then 
beat up anyone who protests it. It's a very simple proposition. Do we let the Democrats steal all the elections and then use the cops to beat up and imprison people who dare to talk about it? That's a pretty simple proposition. I just want to put it that way to to Republican politicians. Like for decades, we said, do you favor killing babies in the womb or do you oppose it? And after long struggle and many betrayals, we finally got Roe v. Wade overturned. I don't want it to take 50 years to force Republicans to, to take a stand. Do you think the Democrats should be able to steal all the elections? And do you think the police should beat up and imprison without trial in solitary confinement and imprison for many years anyone who dares to complain about the stealing of those elections? Do, in other words, is the United States going to become Cuba? Is the U.S. going to become Venezuela? Do you think Jake Gardner should have been hounded and prosecuted to suicide for defending his bar against a looter who was beating up his elderly father and trying to strangle Jake Gardner? Do you think Kyle Rittenhouse committed first-degree murder when he shot at the, at the street thugs and pedophiles who were screaming, kill him, and chasing him through the streets? Do you agree that dangerous vaccines should be forced on people and that they should lose their jobs? Well, John- the, you understand you said this earlier that those who uh who have felt the pain of this those who've been imprisoned they have the motivation it seems to me um to turn things around yeah but the the ruling class in America most of them many of them have bought into this preposterous narrative we have members of Trump's cabinet Elaine Chow uh, uh, Betsy DeVos and others who act as though Trump fomented insurrection, uh, as though uh, people were trying to kill uh, Mike Pence and others like this is real and we need to deal with this. It's an echo chamber in D.C. They right. believe this. They actually believe this. And anyone who says that is now our enemy. That is my point. Betsy DeVos is my enemy. I don't care what she says about educational reform. She wants people to go to prison for protesting election fraud. So I don't care what she wants to do with public schools. I don't care even if she's pro-life. If she's pro-Cuban Cuban dictatorship, if she's pro-anarcho tyranny, she is my enemy. We must form an implacable, absolutely immovable core to the conservative movement, the move, the way the gun lobby never backs down and never compromises and never gives in. We must imitate them. There must be no compromise on anarcho-tyranny, no compromise on the idea that the deep state using the police as bullies and thugs can silence free political speech in America for one side while allowing violent riots on the other. And we're talking about that governing class in Washington. You could see them all at John McCain's funeral. Okay, uh, we have more coming up with John Zmirak. Don't forget to call the number 888 888- 253-3522 CSI free a slave 888-253-3522 show I continue my conversation with our friend John Zmirak before though let me at least uh, mention briefly um, salemnow.com uh, they have a new uh, short film there uh, a documentary called Innovation Race uh, and it basically talks about 
China stealing uh, our technology, uh, innovation, race at SalemNow.com. Um, check it out. And while you're there, check out the talk show starring Eric Metaxas with Albin and a host of crazies. There are four episodes up. I, you, you won't believe it. John Zmirak, we're talking about the articles you've written at stream.org. We're talking about the nation. I still am astonished that most in the governing class, even the good guys, have been silent about what happened on January 6th. It's though the pressure to be silent has never been stronger on anything. And, and that is precisely how you know this is where to fight. The Germans were pouring through the Ardennes forest. That's where the pressure was. That's where the French and British army should have been in 1940. Instead, it was up in Belgium and the Netherlands accomplishing nothing. And that's how you ended up with the Dunkirk evacuation. When the enemy, and let's be clear, they are our enemies. When our ruling class, our enemies, wherever they are putting pressure, that is where you push back. When the Nazis are pouring in through the Ardennes, you go fight in the Ardennes. Our Nazis here in America, our domestic Nazis who want to steal our rights, who want to, like George W. Bush, equate the January 6th peaceful, peaceful protesters with the, December, the September 11th hijacking murderers, when our enemies are pressing on January 6th, that is where we have to press back. You send your troops to fight where the Nazis are attacking you. You don't go fight where it's easiest, where they're not fighting. You don't go man the Maginot line. You fight where they are attacking. And the attack right now is coming on election fraud and free speech. When and you talk about the Maginot line, when I think of people, whether it's Pence or or Pompeo or others, they they talk about these issues. They talk about life. They talk about they they talk about everything, but the stuff that you're talking about. Right. So, um, so as though we can ignore that other stuff. We don't need to go there. Right. So I'm going to say I'm pro life and pro gun rights and pro freedom. I just want to make one little carve out that the Democrats get to steal all the elections and then do whatever they want. But apart from that, I am a solid conservative who's going to fight for you. But all your elections will be stolen. And if you say anything about it, we're going to send you to a place worse than Guantanamo Bay. But apart from that, I, I'm, I'm in bed with your wife. But apart from that, we're really good friends. Who are you going to believe, you, me or your damned eyes? This is like a Groucho Marx routine. It's so obvious. It's so ludicrous that I feel stupid having to explain it. Right. I feel like I'm speaking down to people when I say yeah. they want to impose a fascist dictatorship with stolen elections. But apart from that, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> John, you couldn't put it more clearly or uh, entertainingly, uh, uh, even as serious as it is. You, this is to me. Uh, I mean, look, I, I I have been roughly here for months because I uh, I I am sickened when people act as though there's anything else to talk about. I think to myself, listen, um, I believe all these issues are important, but if you don't deal with this issue, you'll never get to deal with those other issues. So this game of talking about. We've got to stand against the woke crowd. We've got to stand against uh, 
you yeah. know, killing the unborn. We've got, yes, you're, you're darn right. We do. But if we don't deal with this, we're not going to have any opportunity to talk about those things. It's, it's, it's simply preposterous to think that we can ignore that. But I, I want to say the, the, the echo chamber in the beltway, John, um, in other words, there are many people like George W. Bush, uh, uh, like uh, Elaine Chow, like many uh, senators, uh, they really believe that narrative. They they have not. And what we need process to this. They what they we, don't they don't even know that it's possible to not go along with this narrative. And what what we need to show them that they are our enemies. They are collaborators with the Nazis, like the Vichy French. They are puppets of our enemies they are the velvet glove on the fist of steel that is punching us in the face and choking us in our throats and so they are our first enemies the rhinos are our first enemies more than the democrats and that's why this battle over the speakership with mccarthy was so miraculous that a few courageous members of congress had the courage to stand against the whole mainstream media, the whole Republican Party establishment, they were denounced as if they had personally urinated on the original Declaration of Independence for daring to question McCarthy as speaker. The most sacred principle of American politics is that the guys from the country club get to tell us rednecks what to do, and we they get to tell us to jump, and we say how high. That's the most fundamental principle. George uh, W. Bush gets to hold hands with Michelle Obama, and they get to snuggle while the pyramid to John McCain is constructed on the National Mall, and a hundred slaves and a hundred horses are immured with his mummy. <laughs> Listen, uh, when when uh, if you want to sum this whole thing up, unless I'm making it up, Mike Pence on January 6th on that fateful day uh, gave like a fist bump to nancy pelosi in other words kind of like hey we're in this democracy thing together we're going to stand against the fascists who are trying to take over the capital or whatever and and look i know that mike pence believes that narrative he he believes that and i believe he hasn't heard this other version of the story that if mike pence is ever on fire i will go find a restroom instead but I will. All right. That's you don't need to go there, John. Thank you. I'm but the, I, but I'm the point is, people are our enemies more than the Democrats, more than the communists in North Korea. The rhinos are our primary enemies. Why? Why? Because they're trying to take away the only political party we have. The Democrats will allow us to have the Republican Party and allow us to be yahoos and rednecks, and they'll just try to beat us. The rhinos want us to have no party. They want us to be in a neutered, castrated party that says, well, we'll we'll pretend to be pro-life and pro-gun, but we're going to let you steal all the elections and imprison anyone who complains. We're going to be the Washington generals who go out every night and lose gracefully to the Globetrotters. That's our job. No, no. I, I mean, that's that's obvious that that's been going on for decades. Um, but I guess I just want to make the point that uh, that there are people – like Mike Pence, who really believed and still believe that narrative. And I would like to think, I'm I'm being somewhat naive, but not entirely, that there are some in that world who can still be awakened to the fact that they were wrong. Right, but the way to awaken them is this. 
they became cowards because they're motivated by fear. We need to make them afraid of us, afraid that we will disrupt their meetings. We will primary them. We will mock them in public. Right. We will hound them. If they show up to speak at our church and, and blather these platitudes, we will interrupt their speech right. and ask them why they support election. No, 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 no. That's, that's exactly right. And I agree with that. And, I, and, I, and I've said that. And I've mentioned, um, you know, even in my book, Letter to the American Church, I talk about there are certain pastors they are kind of tacking left or they're, they're not speaking out against the woke stuff. You have to let them know there's a price to be paid. That's right. You're not going to only win if you cozy up to the crazy left. You're going to also lose That's and you're right. going to have to deal uh, with that. We're out of time. My friend, John Zmirak, thanks for everything. Um, I uh, can't wait till your new book comes out. We're going to be talking about that a lot on the program. Uh, and um, folks, when we come back, uh, we've got Victoria Robinson. Uh, we're talking about the abortion issue and how it affects men in particular. Stick around.